1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. The host of On The Market and owner of Remax Prime Properties is Asif Khan. Hello, Asif. Hello, Tina. And now we've talked a great deal on this show about new home builders and sellers who unfairly cancel a project or purchase agreement. Now the province plans to increase fines with the penalty money going to the victims. That's right, Tina, and we've heard so much about this, especially in the last couple of years. And with further details, we have Khalid Rashid, Minister of Public and Business Service Delivery. Minister Rashid, thank you for joining on the market. Thank you so much for having me. Minister Rashid, please tell us about the stiffer fines that uh, will be coming out for home builders that unfairly cancel projects. Yes, uh, so look, what uh, we are doing is that we are offering stronger protection or new home buyers by cracking down on uh, unethical developers uh, with harsh new fines. So what we are doing now is that we are doubling the maximum fine for unethical builders who unfairly cancel contracts from $25,000 to $50,000. And for the very first time ever, uh, the, the money from these penalties will actually go back uh, to to the victims. And how does that actually happen, Minister? Yes, so what's going to happen is that uh, we have an administrative authority called HCRA, uh, Home Construction Regulatory Authority, and we are empowering them because they are the ones who will be making the decision based on a case-by-case basis. Uh, they will be working with uh, the individual's who may have uh, been the victims or along with uh, the the builders. And quite often, uh, these home purchasers or new-built purchasers have been waiting for months or years in order to realize their dream of home ownership. So how do you feel that these stiffer penalties will deter builders from having to delay or cancel these projects? Yes. So, look... uh, the, the reasons why we, we brought the, these uh, penalties forward is to actually deter uh, individuals or uh, corporations uh, when they decide to cancel a project. So now what we are doing is that we are empowering our courts by doubling the maximum financial penalties for uh, repeat offenders of the New Home Construction Licensing Act, which means that individuals will face charges of and corporations of uh, $500,000. But also individuals may also face a sentence of up to two years in in prison. Uh, We are hoping that, you know, the end. And also uh, part of the announcement is that uh, their licenses uh, will be canceled. So this will actually uh, make uh, all these unethical or bad actors uh, think twice before making a, a decision. And often the builder will say that they're cancelling a project due to permit issues or increased costs or other reasons. 
how then will the province or regulating body, how will they determine if the builder is on the up and up or if they're just cancelling a project because, hey, they think they can resell each unit for more money? So it's a great question. Uh, the reason why we are empowering HCRA, uh, Home Construction Regulatory Authority, is to look at the ca- these uh, cases on a, uh, or these cancellations on a case-by-case basis. So uh, they have to make that determination whether, uh, you know, a, a project was canceled unfairly. And, and right now we, as, as a government, Premier Ford has been very clear that we are working with municipalities to make sure that these projects are, are done. So again, this is uh, uh, this announcement is for uh, builders uh, who have uh, who are have canceled these projects uh, just because they wanted to make more money. Uh, that uh, Premier Ford has been very clear about this. I have been very clear about this that this is unacceptable, and we have heard stories from new home buyers, and and we are coming hard on it now. And when these projects are canceled, the buyers are out. Uh, you know, they do receive their deposit back in most instances. However, they've lost opportunity cost. And uh, with that, this money is able to be delivered to the purchasers themselves. How long will that process take in order for the buyers to receive the money from the fine? Uh, no, great question, Art. So, it's, again, it's on a case-by-case basis, but... As I said earlier, that this is the first time that the funds, uh, even the penalties, are going to be going back into the pockets of the affected um, individuals. And uh, but what the whole idea of this um, this policy is to make sure that these things do not happen again as as the province move into the bold agenda of. Uh, building 1.5 million homes, we want to make sure that every home is is built uh, in our in our province, and this policy will uh, will deter uh, unethical or bad actors uh, who are in in the market just uh, to to hurt uh, in, individuals or families because every family uh, deserves a, a home in, in our province. Now, these are proposed changes to the new Home Construction Licensing Act. When will these changes and fines actually be in place? So what's happening right now is that uh, uh, we have allowed ACRA to impose uh, these financial penalties retroactively to April 2022. And uh, uh, hopefully we're going to be making sure that uh, these are done in a timely manner, again, case-by-case basis. And how does our, how does the consumer start this process? Is it a formal complaint to you to the HCRA? How does the process start, and how is it moved along? No, look, another great question. Uh, it has to formally uh, have a complaint launched with HCRA, and that's why it, uh, we are in, empowering Home Construction Regulatory Authority uh, to to make this uh, determination. But it's it's honestly, it's a very easy process, and uh, we, we want to make sure that the affected individuals or families are taken care of. And then, sir, what would be your message to buyers? Uh, my, my message to buyers is that uh, the, uh, the province or, or, or a premium code uh, will not be tolerating these kinds of unethical behaviors by, by uh, builders. Uh, this government premier code 
we have your back, and and that's why we want to we are bringing these protections forward uh, because we have heard now too many times, and uh, Premier Ford has given me clear direction that this is unacceptable, and we need to help uh, the little people out there. And thank you so much for stepping up to help uh, our consumers and purchasers uh, who are often left in the dark when something like this happens. Minister Rishi, thank you so much for joining us and for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Also from the provincial government this week, they are moving forward with legislation it says will help make buying a home more affordable. Steve Clark, the Minister for Municipal Affairs and Housing, outlined the government's plan to build more homes faster. We're going to be freezing, reducing, and exempting government charges. For example, if we want to ensure affordable housing and inclusionary zoning units, we want to make sure they're exempt from development charges, from parkland dedication fees, and from community benefits charges. We also want to exempt nonprofit housing so that they are also exempt from development charges and parkland dedication fees. We want to reduce development charges for rental construction with even deeper discounts for family-sized units. Asif, what's your take on this announcement? I think it's great news, Kenya. I think the the home crisis is real, and and we do not have enough inventory. And you know, the government has been talking about increasing, uh, you know, home building and and making it easier for builders to cut through the red tape and be able to provide a product in a shorter period of time. And that's exactly what we need. We are not only in a crunch for resale housing or, or new builds, but also rental housing. And I think this announcement really does address the fact that the government is ready to step up and put their money where their mouth is and and make things happen uh, in regards to more building. After the break, another rate hike and what it means to consumers. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's radio real estate show. My co-host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties. Now, Asif, earlier this week, the Bank of Canada raised its key rate by half of a percentage point to 3.75%. It is the sixth consecutive time the central bank has raised the interest rate this year in response to decades-high inflation. That's right, Tina. And and I think that surprised some people because they were expecting it to be a lot higher. And to discuss what this rate hike means for buyers and sellers is Colin Mason from the Mortgage Domain. Colin, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Colin, half a point. That's pretty good news, wouldn't you say? Uh, Well, in today's environment, it is definitely better news than what we were expecting. We were expecting uh, three quarters of a point. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I don't want to uh, create a, a negative tone to it, but there are, I think there are still uh, one or two more uh, increases that we should expect. But the fact that it is a little lower, they didn't go as heavy on the, on the move uh, for this particular move that I think is definitely, uh, definitely encouraging. And what is the impact on consumers and their mortgages? 
Well, it continues to be uh, to pressure those that have variable rate mortgages or any revolving lines of credits uh, that are against uh, security against their house or or that are leveraged against uh, the prime rate. So this is definitely going to be more of an impact to those borrowers. Anybody that took a five-year fixed mortgage or, or, or any fixed mortgage really isn't going to see uh, a, a, a change. They're not going to see a change to their mortgage uh, payments for sure until the mortgage comes up for renewal in however many years. And so whatever uh, the rates are at that point is is what they will have to deal with. So, you know, lots can happen in the next couple of years. So, you know, perhaps rates will... Uh, s- slow down the increase, maybe even drop a little bit over the next uh, few years. I think that's sort of what Asif and I have been saying is that we expected them to go up a little bit more um, towards the holiday season. Uh, we were expecting that they were going to slow down the momentum a little bit, potentially uh, end the increases at some point, hopefully in the foreseeable future. And then, uh, you know, we're, we're hoping that it'll level off into the spring market. So uh, I've spoken to many people in the know, Bay Street mines that have said, you know, expect another point. So, you know, hopefully they're wrong and they haven't, they, you know, in the, in the past they've, you know, they've missed the mark on a few of the numbers. Uh, if, if it, it, This is definitely encouraging because if it was three quarters of a point, that would really only allow them to have, you know, or if, if you maintain that 1% uh, mindset, that uh, that would mean that there would only be a quarter percent. And I could see them maybe doing more. So it's definitely encouraging for the the uh, lower expected increase. And Colin, what does this do for consumer confidence? I know that a lot of people uh, thought the sky was falling with maybe another 0.75 or 1% increase. Having this half a point increase, do you think this will get buyers back off that fence to say, okay, maybe it's slowing down now and it's a good time for me to get out there and start looking because there's, there may be some stability to the rates moving forward. Yeah, it certainly is a, is a, a more calm over what we've been dealing with over the last, you know, almost 12 months. Um, it's definitely more encouraging for those that are looking at potentially getting into the market um, that are kind of waiting to see what things do uh, in terms of interest rates, uh, yeah, I think you might see some people looking to get into the market uh, using this as an excuse to say, okay, you know what, I think now that we're, we're, we want to stay ahead of the curve, so this is the time where we should start looking. Um, because if at the end of the day, if the rates uh, are leveling off, uh, then I think the theory is is that there's going to start to be more of a buyer demand out there uh, which is going to ramp up the market uh, on the buy side. So, um, you know, and shift it to a more balanced market. Uh, there's not a lot of inventory on, on, on the market, as you have pointed out on uh, many occasions as well. So it's, it's, you know, a lot of buyers in the past when uh, rates were a lot lower were finding themselves in a situation where they were just losing out on, on multiple offers. And then once the rates started to go up, it, it slowed that momentum down a little bit, and I think a lot were expecting that the market was going to soften uh, significantly, pr- uh, rates, or, um, prices were going to drop significantly, they were going to get a bargain, but in the meantime, rates started to go up. So it's sort of a double-edged sword, and, and uh, it's, I think a lot of people are trying to figure out when the right time to get into the market is. But as you and I have spoken on many occasions, 
you know, there's a lot of buyers out there, and uh, they may be waiting for the right time to to jump into the market. And if rates do start to show uh, signs of leveling off, this might be the time. And speaking of timing, the next rate announcement is expected in December. What do you think, or what are you telling your consumers, your clients, to do right now? Uh, well, <laughs> prepare for the worst and uh, hope for the best kind of scenario is the way it's been over the last several months. I do think that you may see perhaps, uh, say, a, uh, a quarter uh, of a point would be, you know, to fall in line with what we thought three quarters and maybe a half or a quarter. So, you know, I would stick with probably expecting that the rates are going to go up a little bit more. Um, it would definitely be encouraging if the uh, next increase was somewhere in and around a quarter or, of course, uh, no increase, but I think that might be a little optimistic. Colin, tell us a little bit about trigger rates. What does a trigger rate mean, and uh, are we going to be seeing people in trouble because of the trigger rate? I think that I think that that would have been something that would have been more of an issue. Um, I think that ship has sailed, so to speak. The trigger rate um, is for certain variable type products. It's actually a variable rate mortgage rather than a an adjustable rate mortgage. An adjustable rate mortgage, basically, for those that are designed with that um, structure for an adjustable rate mortgage, anytime there's a rate increase, your your payment will go up accordingly and down if rates drop. So with a trigger rate, it's a variable rate mortgage, gives you a slightly larger, uh, I call it kind of like a bubble payment, um, where it's a little bit more than what the actual mortgage payment works out to based on the interest rate that you have. And then the trigger rate kicks in when you're, uh, when you're tipping the scales uh, to become closer to an interest-only mortgage payment. And that's to make sure that you maintain your amortization uh, and, and that your mortgage does uh, you know, continue to go down the principal. So the trigger payment will then increase uh, your, your mortgage payments to accommodate for that. So, you know, I think that that was more of a concern when rates were going up. I think that this particular rate increase, I don't think you're going to see too much of an impact there. I mean, it, it'll definitely be a factor for everybody because as rates go up, so does their payment. Again, this is on anybody that has a variable rate mortgage um, or you know a lot, anything uh, with a line of credit that is based on very on a on the prime lending rate, they're going to see uh, it's going to be more expensive. But you know, on the flip side, I always like to put a little bit of a positive spin on anything if I can. And you know, we're in a point of time. So in six to eight months, or 18 months, or even 24 months, depending on when the rates level off and then start to come back down, you know, when they do come down, rates will solely your payment. So. You know, I don't think it's doom and gloom. I get obviously everybody's financial situation is very unique, so it might be doom and gloom for somebody that's really living on the edge, and this has just pushed them over the top. But for those that have sort of been able to manage their their affairs and they they've worked within their means, um, you know, I think this is a period of time where yeah, it's going to be a little tougher, uh, more expensive for them to carry their mortgage, but uh, you know the uh, the positive of their variable rate mortgage to offset the disadvantages while your payment can go up, it can also come down when rates drop. One last thing that I would add to that, though, is that I think, you know, uh, this is what we've been telling all of our clients, is that I really think that uh, you should get out of your mind if you think that interest rates are going to drop down as low as they were. They, you know, during the pandemic, there, that was extenuating circumstances, and that 
I don't think we're going to see those types of rates again. But definitely, you know, rates may drop a little bit, and it'll certainly ease a little bit of the pressure. And thank you for that positive spin. For those listeners, though, who maybe have a mortgage coming up for renewal soon, should they be worried? Should they panic? What do you suggest that they do? Yeah, it's... Those are those people are certainly they're coming out of you know they've renewed or their last renewal or the you know if they're coming out of a five year mortgage their rates were a lot lower they are going to be in for a surprise but you know that's what the uh, stress test that was introduced in uh, you know with the B twenty regulations that was uh, introduced the stress test um, concept was to. Uh, ensure that people were going to be or at least help people prepare for the, the the likelihood of interest rates increasing by the time their mortgage comes up for renewal. So let's say you said it had a 3% interest rate, your qualifying rate would have, uh, or your, your stress test rate would have created a little bit of a buffer uh, or a significant enough buffer that would allow you to sort of be able to uh, manage a higher renewal rate. So I think... Again, it's all about how, how, how tight people are running their finances. If, if, if it's tight, they're going to feel the pinch because they're going to be renewing at interest rates that are going to be well higher than what they are used to. Uh, but if they are, if, if, all, if the stress test is, it'll be a true testament to whether or not it worked because those people should be able to, under the concept of the stress test, should be able to renew uh, and manage the payments. Colin, always great information and always great to have you on on the market. Uh, thank you for joining us. If people want to connect with you and find out their situation for themselves, how do they contact you? Uh, yeah, they can uh, just find us online at uh, themortgagedomain.com uh, or they can uh, just find me online, Colin Mason at The Mortgage Domain, uh, and I can give you my phone number. It's very easy, 416-676-6777. Thank you very much, and we look forward to having you on again. Great, thank you. After the break, your real estate questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions. First up, Linda in Markham. She wants to know if you think an open house is a good marketing tool or should her agent be using other options to sell her home? Asif? Great question, Linda. And, you know, the thing is right now, open houses are effective because you're, you're starting to get people back out there and they're traveling around. So it is a good marketing tool. It does provide exposure and, and lets people know that the house is available. And if, if people are driving around and looking at different areas that they may want to live in and they see an open house, they'll stop in and, and they'll let you know if they're working with an agent or not uh, or to let your realtor know. But it is a, a good way for exposure. It's uh, With all the virtual tours and everything that's been out there for the last couple of years, people have gotten used to seeing those and, and going through those on their computer or their phone. But the open house just allows them to walk through the house for a, a look and feel of how it is in person. And we are starting to get a lot of traffic at open houses over the last few weeks. 
At what point in the contract does the open house happen? Does it happen as soon as the home is listed or a little while after? What's your take on that? It's usually the first weekend when the home is listed is when you want to do that open house. Now, the other thing to remember is some people will want to do a, an open house every weekend and, and they'll tell their realtor, please do an open house every weekend until the sell. Now, with homes staying on the market for 30, 40, 50 days right now, that's a lot of open houses and then it attracts negative attention. So now you've got people looking at this and saying, wow, they're having another open house. They're having another open house. It still hasn't sold. So you have to be careful. Uh, we usually say, you know, one or two open houses should be the max. The first one, you usually get all the, the nosy neighbors come through your property, and, uh, and but you do get some buyers and uh, potential uh, sellers in your area coming through as well to see how you've uh, stacked up against their place. So the traffic has been great over the last few weeks for open houses. And when you say attracting negative attention, does that mean people start to think, well, it hasn't sold, what's wrong with this place? Yeah, and then you'll get people coming in and lowballing and thinking that they can get a deal and wondering, yeah, what exactly what's wrong? Why hasn't it sold? The other one sold, you know, in March or April in three days, and this one's been on for two or three weeks. The, the The average days on market right now is over 20, so that's not abnormal for a home to be sitting, but you, you don't want to have that negative attention, and most of the people that want to see the home will come through when it's first listed. Everyone's on the MLS, everyone's getting updates as houses come on the market. So they're going to know when your house is on the market. And we're going through this sort of spell of really nice, glorious fall weather. Do you think the open house will continue for a couple more weeks or do you expect it to, you know, be with us until the end of the year, even when it gets a bit snowy and dreary out there? Well, it's certainly weather dependent for open houses. So if you do have a snowy day or a rainy day, People just don't want to get out and, and walk into open houses. So uh, when the weather is good, it's great weather for an open house, and, and you're going to get people just walking around or going for a walk. And, and even if they're nosy neighbors, they may walk in and love the house and decide that that's where they want to live. So uh, when the weather is good, you do get a lot more people attending, and uh, that helps your cause. If they walk in and see three or four people waiting to get into the house, they're going to, you know, it's fear of missing out. So they're going to say, wow, you know, I, this is where I want to be. And they'll try to get in a, a decent offer right away. Back to our listener questions next. Bindi in Vaughan is asking if the plan for increased condos in York Region will mean a price drop for larger units. Asif? Not necessarily. I mean, right now there's a lot of demand for condos in York Region. And as the subway starts to come north and, and it's going to come up towards Highway 7, you're just going to start to see more and more condos hit the Highway 7 area, the, the Young Street corridor. So you're going to get more and more condos over the next 10 years or so. It doesn't mean that there would be a price drop or a price correction for the larger units or anything like that. Uh, larger units are in high demand right now. The Most of the new buildings will have one plus ones, two bedrooms, maybe two plus one, but three bedrooms are very rare. And the size of the condo seems to be getting smaller and smaller. I know this week we received some emails of some new construction and their one bedroom or one plus one uh, condos are 450 and 487 square feet. So if you do have one that's 900 or 1,000 square feet in York region, the demand will always be there and uh, the price will hold up. What can you tell us in terms of inventory levels? Right now in York region, we're sitting at just over two months of inventory. So 
if you would have asked me three years ago, I would say, wow, our inventory is historically low. But what happened was over the course of the pandemic years, uh, over 2020, 2021, we were seeing inventory levels of half a month or 0.75 months of inventory. And what that did was it really helped to increase bidding wars and multiple offers on properties because there was nothing for purchasers to go out and grab. Now that we're seeing two and a half months of inventory or 2.3 months of inventory in in Markham, you're starting to have that feel that there's a lot more inventory out there. But realistically, we still don't have enough inventory. We should be between four and six months for a normal market, and that's when it's balanced. Uh, Anything over six months turns into a buyer's market. So it shows you that even though the perception is that it's a buyer's market right now, we we are not even close to being in a buyer's market. We just have a more favorable market for buyers than we did a little while ago. As a reminder, if you have questions for On the Market, hit send anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? You know, they can reach me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.